So the title of my message today is the you God wants you to be. The you, Y-O-U, God wants you to be. Now, as most of my messages are, about 99.9%, this is what I like to call a mirror message. So it's kind of like me preaching in the mirror. I don't really like to use the word you or pointed people, you know, like I'm here and they're there or I'm higher and you're lower because, of course, that's not the case. Um, so kind of think of it as me preaching to myself and you have an opportunity to, if you can, get something from it that might bless your own life. So my text is coming from the New Testament, the book of Philippians, chapter 3, verses 1 through 14. I know that's a lot of scriptures. I'm not going to spend a whole lot of time on each scripture, but I do want to read through them and point out some things as I read through them. And then at the end, it's just a couple of points I'm going to give you and we'll be done. Amen. So the Apostle Paul writes, finally, my brethren, rejoice in the Lord to write the same things to you. To me, indeed, is not grievous, but for you it is safe. Beware of dogs, beware of evil workers, and beware of the concision. For we are the circumcision, which worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. So I know some people are still getting to it with their Bibles or your phones or your tablets. So we're the circumcision which are set apart. So we're Christians, we're saved, we're in the body of Christ. And um, we worship God in the spirit and rejoice in Christ Jesus and have no confidence in the flesh. I'm gonna keep going. <laughs> Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man think of that he hath whereof, and I'm reading from the King James Version. If any other man think of that he hath whereof, he might trust in the flesh, I more. So basically, he's getting ready to give you his resume and when he talks about having confidence in the flesh, that's more or less having confidence in your own thinking, your physical power. But as he mentioned early on, we worship God in the spirit because he is spirit. And as my mom always tells me, Isaiah 64, 6, that on our best day, our righteousness is as is as are as filthy rags. Yeah. So on our best day, you know, when it comes to righteousness, it's basically garbage. So as she always tells me, you know, I can't do enough to make her love me less. Sometimes she probably feel like I tried. <laughs> but I can't do more to make her love me more because she just decided she's going to love me regardless of what I do. And in my best efforts, sometimes I might have felt a little short. <laughs> and so the Apostle Paul wants to say, if anybody else 
has a reason to be boastful, have confidence in their flesh, their education, their certification. Um, he has a lot of reasons, and he's getting ready to explain some of them to you. In verse 5 from Philippians chapter 3. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, that's his pedigree, of the tribe of Benjamin, the Hebrew of the he explains some of them to you. In verse 5 from Philippians chapter 3. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, that's his pedigree, of the tribe of Benjamin, the Hebrew of the Hebrews. So he came from a good family um, and a good background, so on and so on. As touching the law, a Pharisee. Um, so let's say he was a minister or a prophet or high standing in the church. Concerning zeal, persecuting the church. Before Paul got saved, his name was Saul. And in regards to persecuting the church, Paul used to kill Christians for saying that they were Christians. So I don't know how many of you have been out on the street and said, are you following God or not? And if they said, no, you killed them in the name of Jesus. But that's how far and wholeheartedly Paul believed in and carried out what he believed. So he's saying if anybody has a right to say that they wholeheartedly believe what they believe, I have because I took it to a hundred. I came from the best of the best of the best of the best. My entire life from day one, including day eight, I follow all of the right laws and rules. Concerning zeal, verse 6, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness, which is the law, blameless, he said. After you kill people, but okay. <laughs> that's, that's all. All right. Um, chapter, uh, verse, verse 7, chapter 3. But what things were gained to me, those I counted a loss for Christ. So his degree, his accomplishments, again, his certifications, all the different things that he did so well. He said he counted those a loss for Christ. And when he says Christ, he doesn't mean Jesus or for his salvation. Of course, I know you know. Just want to go over it again for some people that may not have heard it before. Christ is not Jesus's last name. Christ stands for the anointed one and his anointing. So he's saying out of all the good things that I've gained in my life as a sum total, I count them as a loss because out of all of those things, the best thing that I have is the anointing of Christ that he got when he became saved and anointed from Jesus Christ. Then he reiterates it. Is it iterate? <laughs> he used to say iterate a lot, but okay. <laughs> Verse 8. Yea, doubtless, beyond a shadow of doubt, I count all things, good and bad, but a loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus, my Lord. A loss, which means I'll take it as he's saying those four years I spent in college or learning or training 
all that effort and energy or boasting, all those social media posts that he posted on Instagram or Facebook <laughs> or all the tweets that he sent out about his sorority or fraternity, um, his house, his car, you know, was a loss of effort and energy, loss of time, because those moments he could have spent getting closer to the anointing, gaining more anointing, productivity. <laughs> I'm not against people who play video games. But it's a lot of talk about this new fifth version of a new video game. And I'm not going to mention the name because they're not paying me for it. I'm all about productivity too. <laughs> so, um, you know, and people ask me about sports. And, you know, I have my own company, Houston Watch Pros. It's Power Washington, Houston, Texas. Okay. We're doing exterior cleaning, mostly commercial, strip centers, concrete, gum removal, steam cleaning. So I don't have time to follow anybody's sports team because it's not helping me unless I was selling them Gatorade. Or we had a contract with the headphones, you know. Other than that, I don't have time to play video games because I got a wife to look after, mm -hmm. got a little baby to look after. Mm -hmm. I got to look after me. Yeah. I got my own personal battles to <laughs> deal with on a daily basis. And Lord knows that he's the only one that can help me. Mm -hmm. So the more time I spend... Praying in tongues, it allows me to hear mm -hmm. the Holy Spirit clearer. Right, right, right. Got an illustration in the shower this morning. The drain was halfway open. And so life was coming out the shower and it was catching up in the tub because the drain wasn't completely open. Praying in the Holy Spirit allows life to bounce off of you mm -hmm. and drain so you're not walking in it all the time. Verse 8. Yea, doubtless, I count all things for the excellency of the Lord Jesus Christ my Lord, from whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung. Flush them down the toilet. That I may, again, he says it, when the anointing and his relationship with the anointed one and be found in him. Verse nine. OK, I'm going to walk out here and grab my water real quick while I explain this. Pardon. Oh, OK. Sorry. That's OK. Thanks. All right. Be found in him. A lot of people talk about they don't know what God called them to do. A lot of people say it. Excuse me. Paul said he found his purpose in Christ and his anointing. Mm -hmm. He wrote 
two-thirds of the New Testament. So, which we still use today, and it has blessed ages and millions of lives. So, if I would take notes from anybody on what they did with this same word that we have, I would take a note that if I wanted to find myself, it would be in Christ. It would be in my relationship with him. So that's the point of the title of the message. The you that God wants you to be. Philippians chapter three, verse nine. Find yourself in him. That's the you that God wants you to be. He's the only one that's going to tell you why his father created you in the first place. Why he created you. And he's the one that should validate your thoughts, your actions, and how you think about yourself. <sighs> There's a social media site. They're not paying me, so I'm not going to tell you which one it is. <laughs> There's a social media site that uses a lot of pictures. It's all about pictures. People rarely look at the words. Especially if it's more than about six or seven. <laughs> but they normally just pay attention to the pictures. And you can swipe to see even more pictures. Even the videos are only limited to a minute. A lot of people, especially the young people, but some grown people. People. Thank you, Pastor Scott, for the help. People. Some grown people, 30, 40, 50, sitting up there trying to do or look like other people looking. They're trying to dress their kids the way other people are dressing their kids. Now, those other people are probably getting paid for what they're posting. But 95% of the people that are doing it are not. But they are analyzing and using these other people to justify their success, their beauty, their self-worth, their self-esteem, their possessions, their value, mm -hmm. which should be found in him, yes. Christ, yes. and his anointing. Yes. <laughs> I never started my timer. <laughs> so... If y'all just start getting up leaving, you know. <laughs> okay, verse 9. I ain't even got to my points yet. Verse, verse 9. And be found in him, not having my own righteousness, which is as of filthy rags. Okay, I can't pass it. All right. So, my own righteousness. Me justifying to myself why it's okay for me to really do something that I know I shouldn't be doing. Mm -hmm. 
it doesn't have to be illegal. It doesn't even have to be non-scriptural. And it sometimes may not even be a sin. But I know I'm not supposed to be doing it. But I convince myself, looking at other people and not Christ, that they got away with it. They're still blessed. Maybe it looks like it. It didn't, excuse me, it didn't hurt them. It's happening in leadership. It's happening in government. You know, let's blame it on the COVID. You know, so because of COVID, I'm not going to, or I can't, or I will no longer. All right. Yep, the Holy Spirit just told you what it was. <laughs> Me, the mirror. And be found in him, verse 9, not having my own righteousness, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness, which is of God by faith. That I may know him. Oh, yeah. that's it, that's it, that's wow. Because see, there's a lot of people I see online on certain social media platforms. Um, it's, it's, it's some people, I don't know, I, I don't know, three, four thousand friends, four or five thousand connections on LinkedIn. I don't know these people. I know my wife. Getting to know her, we just celebrated nine years. Yay. She's still with me. I'm working every day. Babe, you coming home? Okay, okay, okay. I get excited when the garage door opens. I'm like, she came back. Now, I hope she happy, you know. Hope she happy. <laughs> Knowing Christ, and this is what this passage is, is about. Knowing Christ is to know who he wants you to be. Because he paid the ultimate price for us to get access to who he wants us to be. And he gave you the option to accept him and his father to be the best you that you can be, to be the you that God wants you to be. That I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Whew, it's a lot about this one. God came... Jesus, well, God came in the flesh as Jesus, as a normal child, as a normal male, no superpowers, but as an example of what we could really do. He even said, the things that I did, you can do even greater. Man, he did a lot. He did some wonderful, powerful things, you know. <laughs> I see people in wheelchairs, and I really wish that I knew that if I ran up on them and said, get up, ah, that they would do it, you know? But then that other part is maybe they won't. <laughs> Let's work up to it. I don't, don't want to give Jesus a bad name. 
so I won't run up on him and do it. I'll just, Lord, bless him. <laughs> okay. Um, and the, the power of his resurrection. So Jesus came as a normal male and experienced 33 years of life. All sorts of stuff. His ministry didn't start until about 30, ended on the cross at about, well, when he came back after the cross. I mean, come on. How many guys you know that everybody who has ever lived knows? How many people do you know who is getting beat, whipped, stabbed, and decided to die. He said, no, you're not taking it. I'm going to lay it down and be back. He didn't say I might come back. He even said in three days, I'll be back. Watch me and wait. The Bible is the most authentic manuscript known to mankind by hundreds of times of any other manuscript in any language ever on the planet Earth. Over hundreds of times over. The reason why we have clocks is because he said, I'm going to be back. And they was like, one, <laughs> two, <laughs> three. Now we got clocks. So he said, all right, I got to do this. I don't have to. I didn't do anything wrong to anybody. But for CL, I'm going to lay my life down. For Shauna, I'm going to let them beat me. I don't have to do it. I can call legions of angels to get me out of this. Now, me, me, if you hit me, especially if it's for somebody else, you in trouble. Because I'm going to beat that person. That's flesh, right? Yeah. I don't have confidence in the flesh. <laughs> so he allowed them to kill him. He said, I'm going to lay down my life for you so that your sin, our sin, z <laughs> past, present, and future can be covered under the blood as if it never happened. Which, gotta stay close, right? Which, think about this while I take a drink of water. He's not shocked by your sin. It's not new to him. He didn't say, oh my God. Gosh, he stayed the night over that girl's house and he wasn't married to her. That didn't shock God. 
and all the rest of the stuff that we do. He did it anyway because he loves us. But you wouldn't know that if you don't know him. And so when it happens, you'll feel bad and then you'll say or will say, well, I can't start the new day over because I did this. And now because I did that, I got to put up with all this bad stuff that's happening because of what I did. But Jesus died so that we can say a prayer, leave it in his name and start over as if it never happened. The same person is talking right now, killed people because they were Christians and said, I have wronged no man. With confidence. So confident that he never even met Jesus in the flesh and wrote two thirds of the New Testament based on his relationship and experiences spiritually. And it's effective and it's right. And, and we're using it. So why will we spend time doing other things or reading other information or using somebody else's version of what we are, or what we should be doing or what we should be wearing or where we should be spending our time. I love my wife. I will kill for my wife. But she doesn't define who I am. I had to be happy, <laughs> this girl. <laughs> I had to be happy and whole on my own first. Because if she decided to leave, I got to keep it together. These last few months, people started to find out who they was really with. And Suicide and domestic violence and double like su like murder suicides have been the highest ever. I wonder if they knew him and the power of his resurrection. And so out of all the things the Apostle Paul said he wanted that I may know. He's putting every all the good stuff. He said he counted. He counts it as a loss. So that he would know Jesus and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings <laughs> being made conformable. He stuck to his purpose unto his death. If by any man. If by any means that I might attain unto the resurrection of the dead. So Jesus said, all right, I'm going to lay down my life. I'm going to go to hell. He, he didn't. It wasn't just a figure of speech. He literally went to hell, found Satan beating down took his keys, the keys to sin and death, and came back. Yeah. Then, 
went to his closest friends who he said he was going to do it and say, look, I'm back. That's the same hole they stabbed me with, with that spear. Put your hand in it. I see these pictures of Jesus with little scratches and little drips and stuff like that. I'm like, what is this? You can't put your hand in no scratch. <laughs> so that he made. Who else do you know has any? If you look at most other religions. I'm not going to give you names of them because you'll be wasting your time. But in Bible school, we took a class called Comparative Religions. And we read about a lot of different religions. Most of them say they have, most of them have a leader who says that they came to finish what Jesus started. How are you going to take pieces of the Bible and then create something else? And then people follow it because they don't know them, know them. So let's get to know him. Excuse me. <clears throat> Not as though I had already attained. Either we're already perfect, but I follow after if that I may apprehend that which that for which. Also, I am apprehended of Jesus Christ. Caught up with. Now, I am caught up with my wife. You know, we apprehend each other. <laughs> so spiritually, it should be that same way with Christ. Now, I had to get to know her. She had to get to know me. And I was like, it's been nine years. It's, it's, I mean, it's been 12, but we were married for nine. And we're still finding out stuff that I love. <laughs> I know some people have been married 53 years and still bicker. <laughs> I ain't saying no names. None. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> but they're great. <laughs> verse, verse 13. <laughs> Philippians chapter 3, verse 13. Brethren, out of all this stuff, I count myself, I count not myself to have apprehended anything. But there's one thing I do. So out of all of that stuff that he just said and out of everything that he meant and gained and lost and about knowing Christ and his resurrection. This is the one thing that he figured out. No confidence in his flesh. There is one thing that he did admit to figuring out out of all of the good stuff, his graduations. One thing. But there's one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind. Come on. You can't change them no way. Let me tell you what. Let, let me show you what God showed me. What trying one example of trying to change something to happen. 
You know how you might have been struggling or didn't have a lot of money or, or whatever, um, and somebody had that car or they had a relationship that failed and you're like, oh, well, I'm in one now. <laughs> or I got some money now. <laughs> Them people don't care about that. You know, people want to get that new car and drive them past their ex, you know. Da -da -da. <laughs> it's a waste of time. Them people don't care. They done moved on two, three times. You still stuck with, okay. Forgetting those things which are behind. Forgetting, not getting over, not forgiving. He said forgetting, not even, re it's like men in black when they got that blue thing and the people are like, huh, what? We need a blue light. So when we go down to sleep and we pray, it's like, boop, boop. Wake up. I didn't sin. They didn't sin. So let's start, you know. <laughs> he said, but there's one thing, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, those things that are coming. That's where all of our focus should be on what God is getting ready to do with us, what God wants us to do, what step God wants us to do, what move, what decision God wants us to make about whatever happened. We make a lot of decisions every day, all day. If you don't think about it, get on a Detroit street, and you got to make a few decisions immediately. Am I going to chase them? Am I going to say something about them and their mama? You got to make some decisions, or am I going to slow down, just let it happen? Jesus, help me. Thank you. Okay. Constant decisions. <laughs> when you pick up that phone, <laughs> you get that notification. Or if you get that call, because you didn't change your message, because you justify, well, no, because you didn't check, because I, because we didn't change our phone number, because we said, oh, well, the jobs got my number. I need important people to have my number. When the Holy Spirit said, change your number, because you trust in your flesh thinking that when that person calls, you're not going to take it or you're going to delete the message. It ain't going to matter because we had confidence in our flesh. Oh, I got off on that one. That one. But those things which are before, I press toward, not even getting it. It's a press. It's hard. It's not easy. It's a press. It's like a push-up. Not finna give an example. I will Google one for you. I press toward the mark for the prize of high calling of God. The high calling. So there's a press toward the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. That's the text, so not a message. So, you know, again, the definition of sin, sin is actually an archery term, which means you didn't hit the mark. You didn't hit like the center of the target. So 
to whatever degree, higher, lower, left or right, that you didn't hit directly inside the target is a sin. So every single time we didn't do exactly perfect what God wants us to do, we sin. Which is why it was so necessary for Jesus to allow himself to be beat, stabbed, crucified, ridiculed, persecuted, spit on. People ripped plucks out of his beard all the while. He could have handled some business. Oh, he could have handled some business. You know, Knowing Jesus, you'll realize he was nowhere near a punk. He wasn't soft. He, wasn't, he was a carpenter with no rigid 18-volt power tools. Man, I done, y'all owe me some money, Richard. <laughs> Slipped out. Um, so he had to be big and strong. Plus, you know, when they made a flea market in the church, he went in there. And was offended. Now, imagine you walk up into the mall and start kicking over jewelry counters <laughs> or and, and, and knocking over kiosks of them little mirror things and the pictures they put in the glass. You smashing them. Talking about get out, the mall is closed. <laughs> Jesus is building a church in here. And then you go rip a curtain down, braid it up, and start whipping people out of their kiosk. But that's what happened in the Bible. That's what happened by himself. Everybody. Everybody. And they, I, mean the, I mean the cash register people. He beat them. One man. That, that was Jesus. It's in there. So the Apostle Paul explains his pedigree, his resume, his qualifications, and his certifications. And then he expresses what's most important to him at his current place in life. So right now, where we are today, one, forget about the past. Right? Two, make knowing him, knowing Christ, knowing his anointing, knowing his word, the top priority. Not who going to win the championship, not playing some video games, not scrolling for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. How many times we pick up our phone, 20 minutes later, Forgot why we picked up the phone. <laughs> then started other stuff. Go to put the phone down. I said, oh, I needed to know what time it was. <laughs> you know, so, so, which is one of the reasons why I like to study my word with a paper Bible and a paper notebook and, of course, the Noah's Webster Dictionary and Strong's Exhaustive Concordance. By yourself. No notifications, no devices. 
So at his current place in life, this is where Paul started. So regardless of the past, this is what we need to decide. This is what we need to figure out. Number one goal, highest priority is regardless of the past, good or bad, what has God called you or me to do and or to be? Top priority. Again, Isaiah 64, 6, our righteousnesses are as a filthy rags. So, one way, how I did it, I'm going to share it with you. Um, apparently for free, because I'm not getting paid now. <laughs> Focus on the formula and not your feelings. The formula is simple. Forget the past. Good or bad. Focus on him. Press towards him. That's simple. Amen. Now, focus on the formula, not your feelings. Because your feelings are going to be the ones that fluctuate. They're going to change. We allow people to affect our feelings. We allow things. We allow our bank account. We allow how much weight we're going to gain. Go past that one real quick. Watch me. <laughs> um, you know, feelings are going to change. You know, after I eat, I want to be the fittest person. I'm going on the best diet. I'm going to exercise. Get hungry. Whew, all goes out the window. That's the press. So feelings are changing and fluctuate. Focus on the formula. I would suggest a five by eight index card, not a note on your phone. I would suggest a five by eight index card to get it started and put it in your wallet next to your debit card, your credit card, put it and put it in there. Write all the important things, write all your good reminders on the five by eight index card, fold it up in four, it'll be about the size of a credit card, put it, put it in your wallet. Because whenever you go to get your money out, several times a day, that card is going to be there. And it'll remind you. You can get fancy, put some pictures of the kids, whatever, your loved ones, whatever. But you can go to the dollar store, you can get 100 of them for cheap. And you can switch it up, change them, stuff happens, comes and goes, you accomplish it. Da, da, da. Five by eight index card is one way to remind yourself constantly of the formula, not your feelings. Because, it's a saying among the young kids, can you keep that same energy? That's when you get started or when you get inspired or motivated, you know. Because um, after you work out, you get sore. It's like, well, I need three, four days before I work out again. <laughs> I said I was going to do 30 minutes on the treadmill. Man, I messed around and did an hour and a few minutes. I said, I need a couple more days so I get back on that thing. <laughs> I'm just being honest. I wasn't focused on the formula. I was focused on how I was feeling and my thighs and stuff like that. So I'm still pressing that, man. Yep. Oh, we can talk about yours, too. <laughs> See, I got in my feelings again. See, I got to press. 
Another formula of success is preparation plus opportunity equals success. There's faith in preparation because we don't know what's coming next. So we have to be as ready as possible all the time. For instance, man, years ago, I don't know how many years it was, but it was a lot. I was at the barbershop, and, and, and these two guys had went in together to buy a car wash. And at that time in life, oh, I wanted a car wash so bad. I wanted a hand car wash at a detail shop so bad. I mean, it was like 150000 You know, you got to get the building. You know, da, da, da. I'm at the barbershop, and these two guys had fell out. And they decided to, to count their losses. And they said the first $25,000 that they get, because everything was paid for somehow. So they said the first $25,000 they'll get, they'll sign over building and everything in it. Cash. I didn't have the $25,000. I wasn't prepared. Now, I'm not going to go back to that barbershop every day with $25,000 ready to go buy it, waiting on people to come. I just wasn't ready because I, I was in the right place at the right time. I just didn't have the right amount of money. So that's why there's faith in preparation because you don't know what, what God is trying to do. <laughs> My father told me one time. <laughs> Pastor Scott said to me, he said, boy, you got to quit messing up because God is sending down blessings and the angels got to stop them and send them bad boys right back up to heaven because you just <laughs> I looked up in the sky and said no <laughs> I'm going to straighten up <laughs> There's faith in preparation. You just got to be ready. You know, you just got to act right. You know, because you, I mean, you, you never know. Know what direction you're going in. Forgetting those things that are behind. Pressing toward the mark. We all should go before Christ, go before Jesus, and get the mark that we should press towards. So that's the mark. That's the goal. Get it from him, not from somebody else. Don't let somebody else tell you what you need to be doing. You should. Blah, 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 blah. And don't look at somebody else and say, I want to do that. I want to be them. <laughs> My father. Hardest, per hardest working person I have ever seen in my life. And I ain't gonna lie. I said, I don't wanna work that hard. <laughs> I said, I wanna work that hard. Good Lord. I don't wanna work all day, come home, shovel the snow, 
you know, just for one of my little hard-head kids to eat up all the food, and then I gotta go to bed hungry. <laughs> I didn't want that in my life. <laughs> I wanted the car. I wanted the house. I wanted the love and the family and the spouse. But all that work, I didn't even want to do my part of the work. <laughs> Much less all the other stuff that he had to do. Not just for me. It was my sister, my older brother, my younger brother, the people at the church he was helping. Good. The strangers. Did they? <sighs> that ain't nowhere on here. I don't know. Oh, know what direction you want to go in. Like, <laughs> no. <laughs> hey, you get your marching instructions from God. There's some people, you, you know, you want to be like, and you don't know what other people went through. I remember, man, I love him. Man, man. Uh, QP man. <laughs> he was gracious enough to let me work uh, with him and for him. And I said, I want a blazer. He said, I'm going to get you a smock. <laughs> you know, one of them dirty work coats. I'm like, no, I want a blazer. I want to get fitted for me. He said, no, no, I'm going to get you a smock. <laughs> He said that, I mean, he, like, really, you know, blessed me. He said, a lot of people want the blazer, but they don't want the shoes. You know, like, come on, shoes, just give me the blazer. <laughs> it hit me later. I don't want to go through... <laughs> You know, oh Lord, yeah. So, you know, you don't know what other people went through right. to get what they got. And you don't even know if they really got what you think that they got or what's really happening. Like when you turn around and such and such that really had a love child. <laughs> you know, you're like, whoa, what? How did that happen? He, he was preaching. You know, he was saving people, and they got a divorce? Like, huh? You know, so let's get our goals, our instructions from Christ and our relationship with him. Everyone has a purpose. Everyone has a calling. <clears throat> Excuse me. Now, last three points. Hopefully, we'll see. Y'all still here, so I'm doing good. <laughs> you don't have to be a 10 to teach a 2. This is something that just freed me. I was listening to a podcast. This just freed me in the last week. My mom always says, I got paralysis of analysis. Got all these good ideas. Da -da 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 but never get to start on any of them. Here it is, what bless me. You don't have to be a 10 to teach a two. You could be a two and help a two. Shoot, you could be a one to tell a two what not to do or what you did wrong. You don't have to be perfect to start helping people, sharing your story, 
sharing your life, sharing how you went through it, how you're going through it. You helping somebody else just might help you for that day. And then you help each other. You don't have to be a 10 to teach a 2. Don't overthink it. And don't be selfish. Somebody needs to hear how you went through it, how you got through it, why you still got out the bed today. Why you not in jail for murder today. Why you not strung out on anything or anyone. You know, because you never know. Now, if you do want to spend time on social media and share something, share that. How God blessed you. And I'm not talking about a generic meme or scripture. You know, I mean something genuine. And it don't have to be to everybody. You might send a message to somebody in another city. I saw a post that you made. I'm just sending you this inbox. This is a scripture that blessed my life when I went through something. Simple. Man, I'm telling you, they will send you back pages. Boom. There you go. Get to helping and ministering. God has us here for a reason. We're all different for those reasons. You know, there's a lot of different parts on the car. So most of them we all don't understand. There are groups of people that only study that particular part. It's tire people. It's engine people. You know, it's window people. It's seat people. You know, you might be that seat belt. That seatbelt will keep somebody from sliding through that windshield at 30, 40, 100 miles an hour, and it'll save their lives. You don't see nobody saying, I want to be a seatbelt. I want to go to college and figure out a better seatbelt. But it's just as important. So your relationship with God will help you understand your calling and your purpose. So we have to spend time with him to get to know him. He has to be priority in our lives for us to know what, you know, I know my wife don't want to be called sweetie. I won't do it. But I know that because we spend time together. She told me. There are a lot of things that Jesus has told us that we are. Over and over and over again. So why would we allow somebody less to tell us something about us that's going to mess up our day? You know, it's kind of funny on social media. People post stuff, and they get two, three hundred likes, nine hundred really good comments. The one they respond to. Is that one person that said, oh, that's ugly. Oh, you just hating block. <laughs> you know? But you liked it? Man, that's awesome. I'm happy for you. They just kept scrolling through it. The first time you said, you know, that don't look right. Oh, why you So let's let God define who we are and give us our purpose. 
And let's press toward the mark of our relationship with, with him. Let's forget the past. We can't change it anyway. Amen? Amen. Amen.